Welcome to the Young King 95 podcast show. And today we're going to be discussing about different basketball generations and eras. And, you know, of course, I have my father with me again today. But first, you know, I'd like to congratulate the United States Women's National Soccer Team on winning the 2019 World Cup that took place in France. But today, you know, we, we just, like I said, we're discussing you know, the generations of basketball. You know, my dad, he's he's going to give y'all some information on how it was when he was coming up in the era of basketball. Then we're going to break it down. Then we're going to give y'all the current era of basketball and how the game has evolved over the years. So the first question I want to ask him is, what do he see in the NFL, in the NBA now that has changed from back then to now? Well, the thing that I see now in the NBA is that uh, the era that I was growing up, that uh, they let the guys play a little bit more. They used uh, the referees didn't get involved in too much the game as they get into the game now. Because it looked like uh, back in the day that when I was watching basketball, that they would let the players get a little physical, but they would let them play it out. But this area for us today, that look like any time that you go in the middle of uh, laying the ball up or uh, trying to get a shot off, look like this when they blow the whistle. And to me, they look like they're taking a lot of uh, fun out of the ball game because a lot of people come to see you play the game instead of seeing you blow the whistle so much. This is the difference between back then and now. Because back then, when I was watching basketball, they very seldom blow the whistle unless it was a physical foul. But they let you play a little bit longer and a little bit harder. But these days and time now, it looks like every time you get the ball and you take a shot, like going through the middle of the hole and laying it up, they call a foul on you. All right, um, now we're going to discuss about, you know, the big man of the NBA. You discussed uh, there was a little bit more physical back then. You know, what's your thoughts on the big man of today's NBA? You know, you know back then, you know, they played more post-up ball, you know, bang down low. And today it's more of a, you know, the big man, they got to be able to stretch the flow, shoot the three, handle the ball. What's your thoughts and opinions on the big man of today? Well, I think that they got away from uh, letting the big man uh, post uh, down low. That's uh, some of the things that they used to uh, do when I was watching basketball. They let the big man, they would feed the ball on the inside to the big man, and the big man would try to find someone who was open and let them shoot the ball, and mostly that he would rebound the ball unless he had a layup either a shot going to the bucket. But what I look at today, that they don't spread the court now that you got guys six, nine, seven feet shooting the ball out in the three-point area. And then, like I say, you really don't have nobody to uh, defend unless the big man can get back down under the bucket. Defend if he misses. Because, like I said, the basketball now has changed a whole lot. You never did back in the day see the big man go outside and shoot a three-pointer. But right now, as this generation, you see the big man taking the, uh, the shots from outside uh, as a three-point shooting. But 
this ball game, like I said, this era now has changed a completely uh, 360 degree turnaround. All right. Uh, speaking of the the NBA, you know, um, who was your favorite growing up that played back in the day? Well, I had about two or three ball players that I <clears throat> I showed interest in. Uh, number one was uh, one of the big top men was Bill Russell that played with Boston. And I looked at uh, uh, I looked at uh, Wilt Chamberlain. He played with the Seventy Sixers, and then I looked at uh, Julius Irving. And then, like I say, the, the toughest one that back in my area that I uh, was growing up and watching a lot was Michael J. Jordan. And Jordan was a guy that, to me, that in the fourth quarter, if the team wasn't performing. Uh, Michael Jordan would take over. He would take over a game. But for these players, the ones that I did mention, those were the top players also. But Michael Jordan had a little bit more to offer when the game was on the line. Uh, speaking of Michael Jordan, um, we often get the comparisons of between him and LeBron. Who who was better? You know, um, what's your opinions on that when you get when you see the LeBron James comparisons? Versus Michael Jordan. Well, like I said again, now back in my era, uh, Michael Jordan was a better player to me than LeBron James. Being now this early age of uh, the generation that the kids watch now, that they might say LeBron James is all all American, all around ball player, and superstar. But comparing both of them, like I said, each one of them had they day. And because uh, back in the day, you had a Michael Jordan. Now you have a LeBron James. So we're looking at two different ball players because the older people back in my generation would say Michael Jordan. The younger age right now, they would say LeBron James. So like I say, I would not compare them for as, I would compare them as equal in my eyesight. Because we always gonna have this back and forth, who's the best, who's the greatest. But in my eyes, like both of them was great. Uh, you you often uh, discuss to me about uh, Earl Monroe, Earl the Pearl Monroe. You know, um, what did you like in his game? Well, I like Earl Monroe because I seen Earl Monroe a couple of times when he went to once city state. That we went not once to Salem. I think it was once to Salem Teachers College then. But uh, I I seen Earl Monroe and Earl Monroe Earl Monroe was a scorer. He was a wizard to me when it comes down to basketball. Like Earl Monroe to him to me back in that day, Earl Monroe can drop forty five to thirty five points with ease because he was more or less a offensive player that can put the ball in the hole. When you got those kind of players like that, and I noticed that uh, when Earl Monroe was drafted, Earl Monroe went to the New York Knicks, and Earl Monroe was a shooter back then. Earl, Mo Earl Monroe was a ball player. So, like I said back in the day that when I did see Earl Monroe, to me, Earl Monroe was an All-American at Winston-Salem Teachers College back then. But now, like I said, the name is Winston-Salem State because, see, now 
I hadn't seen an Earl Monroe over there because it was just like I say, one time in a million that you see a ball player like that in a small college. But Earl Monroe was real great. No, speaking of, you said a guy that can put the ball in the basket. Was he someone like a Damian Lillard or Stephen Curry of today's NBA? Well, in some in some stages, Earl Monroe was like that. Uh, like I said, that uh, I, I don't think back in those days that they had something like the three point uh, shoot back in the day when Earl Monroe was playing. I think most of those shots that they taken was taken then. It was more or less a two pointer, something like that. But you can see how the game done changed now because even when they came out with a three pointer, if it was back back in that day, they had a three point grueling. I think the Earl Monroe would be right there in that category with those players, but not as good. But he he would be in that in that range, uh, with some of those ball players. Uh, speaking of shooters, you know, the current NBA. What do you think of um, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson shooting ability? What what amazes you about that? And um, do you think Stephen Curry and Clay changed the game of the NBA? I think they change it for the three-point shooting uh, because this is something that, you know, you have to work on. You have to work on this just not uh, uh, just to practice. You have to practice on this day by day, hour by hour. And that's the reason why that Stephen Curry got so good at shooting a three-point because he took up among himself that this is what he wanted to be, a three-point specialist. And then, like I said, uh, all of them can't shoot three-pointers. But Stephanie Curry took it serious. Clay took it serious. And this is what they practice on. Half of they practice proper be on working on three-point shooting. And that's why they're getting better and better. But Stephanie and, and, and uh, my man is, is doing a real good job for whatever they do. And I think that Stephen Curry is one of the toughest players for shooting the threes. Him and Clay. Like I say, Clay has his up and down. And just like I say, any professional player is going to have their ups and downs when it comes down to them shooting. But most of the time, if these guys own, they is hard to defend. Um, what do you think of the NBA super teams? What do you think about you know, guys you know, coming in and joining the other superstars like you know, when Kevin Durant, he, he left Oklahoma City. You know, and joined uh, Stephen Curry, you know, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green in 2016. What do you think of that? And do you think guys would have done that back in the day? Well, I think that now, um, players look at it now, uh, they're getting much older. And then they're trying to win to get the championship for us, getting the rings and everything else. So in order for you to get this these championship rings and, and, and the big the big glory, the dancing, what you may call the big dance, well, you will have to go to certain teams to get this. And I think that the time when uh, uh, Kevin Durant went to uh, the Golden State Warriors, that, that he this is one of his mindsets to get that ring, to get one or two championships before he retired. And I think that that's what he did. He compassed that right there. And see, a lot of these players, once they get drafted by certain teams, they're looking for the big dance. They're looking for the big ring on their finger. 
So I think that one thing about this, that if you get to the right team and do willing to work with the team to play team ball, that you'll get there. You'll get to the, the big dance with the right team. Um, do you think that um, guys like Michael Jordan uh, would have left the Bulls, you know, and went to the team like the Warriors if the the Utah Jazz or a team like the Seattle Seattle excuse me Seattle um SuperSonics would have defeated him in the playoffs and joined them if they had a power squad? Well, I never really uh, hear Michael Jordan talk about going to another team. Uh, I think that uh, Michael Jordan's mind was already made to stay with the Chicago Bulls, uh, even if they didn't get a ring or something like this. Because, like I say, most of the time that you will hear rumors, or either you'll hear a player come out and say, well, I want to make that change. But I never did hear him say anything about making a change. Because I think that what they did, they put a lot of good ball players around Michael. For Michael to stay in Chicago. All right. Speaking of change, you know, what do you think of current NBA players? You know, demanding trades now. Well, you know, you can look at several things. Like I said before, you can look at some players who want to have the big dance, and then you can look at some players. Uh, they can be looking at uh, uh, money wise. Uh, or trying to into, trying to improve uh, their finances. Uh, but I think that it comes with both. I think a lot of these teams uh, and players wants to get the uh, the money along with the the big dance for winning the championship. Uh, speaking of teams, you know, which teams was like a power force? You know, back in the day. Well, I can tell you a few teams was a power force. You can look at Boston. When it comes down to the Boston Celtics, you can look up and they Raptors, and you can see how many uh, championship finals that they got hanging. Uh, that's one of the most explosive teams uh, in the NBA. And then, you know, you had the 76ers, and then you had um, you had the Los Angeles um, Lakers. They were powerful. Uh, they had uh, Jerry West. They had Elgin Baylor. And they had a few other uh, powerful uh, players with the Lakers. But I looked down the line, uh, and just like I say, you know, I might have been mentioned the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks back in that day, in that area, like I said, those teams back in those days, they played ball. Uh, they weren't looking for the whistle as much. But like I said, the New York Knicks had uh, Willis Reed. Uh, they had a few other ball players, And like I said, but the, the team that I uh, looked at a lot was the Boston Celtics. And like I said, they had a powerhouse. They had a bench and they had a starting five. Like I said, they was real powerful. They had uh, boys from the center to the guard to the forwards. Uh, even they can start with another team, with the team that they had was for a substitute. So, like I say, Bill Russell did his job. John Heppercheck did his job. Casey Jones, 
Sam Jones. Oh, John Hevercheck. Oh, D had a powerhouse. So one of the toughest teams back then with a few other teams, like I see, the Lakers, Boston, New York, Philadelphia. Those was the stumping ground with the powerhouse. How was the um, Showtime Lakers like? Well, the Showtime Lakers, they had Michael, uh, they had uh, uh, Magic Johnson. Magic did his thing uh, when Magic broke into the league. Uh, Magic came in and, and, and brought a new twist to the Los Angeles, the Lakers. And they was a team that, you know, they would get the ball and they would get out and start running. And Magic was a guy that seemed to, he would always see the whole court. If you got a, a guard or a good point guard can see the whole court, he going to get you the ball. And like I said, that Magic one of those players was showtime with the Lakers. You know, uh, speaking of the Lakers, you know, what's something that you see in the Lakers now that kind of reminds you of the Showtime Lakers? Is there a particular player on the Lakers now that reminds you of the Showtime Lakers from back in the day? Well, I see players on the Lakers, but some of these players uh, wasn't like a Showtime uh, back in the day. Uh, you got, like I said, you got LeBron James. He's a player that, uh, like I say, he's a team player. But he, I can't compare him with the team that the Lakers had back in the day with Magic Johnson. But he's still, like I say, uh, one of the toughest players, one of the greatest players for the Lakers. But back in the area of uh, uh, Mike, uh, Magic Johnson, those was the days when those guys were running gun. And they had some shooters that Magic would get that ball to them or either Magic would score. All right, for some of the people who's unfamiliar with the Showtime Lakers, you know, name a few players that played on that team. Well, I can say that uh, Magic was one. I can say that uh, Kareem was another. Uh, I can say that, uh, I want to say uh, Wilkins. I want to say Wilkins was one. Uh, I want to say James uh James Worthy, he was he was another, and like I said, a few other players uh, on that team. Uh, like I said, they had shooters, and they had guys uh, know how to put the ball in the bucket, and they know how to play together. All right, um, you know, with the Lakers again, um, what do you think Anthony Davis can bring to this current Laker team? Do you think his his jersey can go up in the Raptors with the Los Angeles Lakers? Uh, they just going to bring a lot to the Lakers if they play team ball. If they put the right uh, combination around uh, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis will be in L.A. for a while. But like I said, you got to put the right people around uh, your teammates in uh, order for you to get to the big dance. And I think once he uh, play a, a couple of years there in LA, if he's still there and he's uh, injury free, that they're gonna do this to peel up, uh, to put the right players around Anthony Davis. 
And then, like I say, if Anthony play good basketball and continue on, they keep on building players around Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis will make a career in L.A. Because, you know, players change uh, so quickly when things are not going their way. But like I said, if you put the right players, that he will be there for a while. And I think that uh, they're going to do that at L.A. Right, um, speaking of the current NBA, you know, there's a big trade that, that went down recently with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, you know, teaming back up with the Houston Rockets, you know, um, and Chris Paul going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, what did you like about this trade with uh, Russ going back to the team up with James Harden? Well, um, I think that Wes and uh, James Harden had a conversation. These conversations that we don't know about would take place when it comes down to certain players going back to play with certain players. And I think they sit down and they went over a lot of things because both of them like dealing with the ball, handling the basketball. They love to get their points in. And I think they work something out where they can just about uh, share the basketball. And I think that combination with Westbrook teaming up with James Harden, that uh, just like I said before, if they learn how to play together, and do the things what they need to do on this team, they're going to be a team to be recognized. And under uh, going back now to the Chris Paul thing, uh, Chris Paul, I think, was having a little bit of trouble in Houston. And I think that Chris Paul, uh, I'm not going to say that Chris Paul, it was all Chris Paul, Chris Paul's fault, because it takes two, takes two to tangle. So, like I say, some of the things that Chris Paul might have didn't like, some of the things that James Harden didn't like. So, sometimes it be, might be best for the team that you go here and do what you need to do for the team. So, I think that Chris Paul uh, is a professional. And I think that he handled like a professional. Because one of those teams he going to wind up with, uh, either he going to wind up with Miami, or uh, either he's going to stay right there at OKC. All right. Um, speaking of Chris Paul, which which team do you think is better suited for him? You know, the OKC Thunder or the Miami Heat? Well, I think that uh, order for him to have a better um, winning record of trying to go a little bit further, I think that he will have to uh, go to Miami but one thing about Miami, Miami got uh, uh, one of the players down there came from the 76. Uh, if them guys, like I said, any time that you can work together with another player and work with your team, then you got a better chance. Okay, you got Butler down there uh, in Miami. So if, like I said, if Paul decided that this is where he wants to go to Miami, that he can sit down and him and Butler can reach agreement on how they shouldn't want to rip these things up because a lot of players want their own team. So my thing is, working together, not just one or two players, but you got to work together with your whole team. You got to work together with your coaches. 
and then you need to sit down and compromise. This is not just a one and two player team. This is the whole team and the coaching staff team. All right, um, speaking of uh, legends, you know, you know, we discussed about you know the different eras of basketball. You know, we we're gonna discuss about Jerry West. You know, um, what do you think Jerry West have done so far this off season to continue to build his legacy from a player and now as a front office person with the Los Angeles Clippers? Well, one thing about a Jerry West no basketball. And see, when you get someone that knows basketball, uh, you know what it takes to get a winning team. You know what players to go after. You might not get them players the first time that you go around. But then when it comes to a time when you got a chance to get those players, to get that championship team, that's the time for you to move in and clamp down and get these players. Because Jerry West played with a winning team. Jerry West know what it takes to win. Jerry West know what it means to get to the big dance. So when you got somebody like a Jerry West, this is the kind of uh, gentleman that you don't mind playing for uh, because they, they got the basketball mind. They got the basketball understanding how that some players would think in order for them to win a championship. So what he's doing with the Clippers, look out for the Clippers. Because what he's doing, he's putting some people around that going to be there to win a championship. Just let him give him a little bit more time and be patient. You'll see how the Clippers going to be in together and begin to start taking over. They're going to be one of the powerhouse this year, along with the Lakers. But you know what? I'm going to give the Clippers a little slight edge. When it comes down to the playoff, uh, many people may know. Uh, speaking of the Clippers again, many people may know that Doc Rivers, you know, played in the NBA, and you know he's a current the coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, for the people who was unfamiliar with Doc Rivers' game, you know, let them know what type of player he was. Uh, Doc Rivers was a uh, he was a ball player, and like I said, that Doc Rivers has been in basketball for some years now. Uh, like I said, it goes back. If you have played the game, you know the game. And like I say, uh, some of these coaches have just coached. But Doc Rivers have, is coaching and have played the game. So sometimes that you know, when you know when it's time for you to coach, you have to coach. See, it's not all about, just like I said, one or two ball players. It's all about the whole staff of trying to win certain games because I look at the Clippers, they got one of the one of the top coaches is still coaching. So that's going to be a plus for them also. So Doc Rivers know the game of basketball and he know how to coach. All right. Um, this is a, a question that it's more likely a prediction. Um, which current players in the NBA now do you think will make a, a great coach, you know, in the future if they decide to go that route? Well, I'm going to look at uh, – I'm, I'm looking at one in the, on the Lakers side right now. He's already done coach, but he's an assistant coach. 
Mr. Bush uh, returning to be a head coach. Uh, uh, he's he's one of the guys going to be uh, in the running for the head coach. Yeah. yeah. And that's Jason Kidd. Yeah, right? it's Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, uh, like I said, goes back. He played basketball. Once you get a coach on a team that done played the game, know what it takes, how to win a game, then them the kind of coaches that you're looking for. Not a, just a coach, like I said. You're looking for a coach done played the game, know what it takes to win the game. And like I said, just around the corner for Jason Kidd be back in another head coaching job. All right. Do you do you think LeBron James uh, will make a great coach, or do you think he'll make a a greater owner as an or as an owner of the NBA basketball team? Well, you know, to me, I think that uh, LeBron James right now would want to become a coach. I think he would he would rather own his own basketball team. Uh, and then after a certain length of time, then, you know, once he has uh, done did this for so many years uh, of being owner of a team, I think that he, he would get a more out of uh, of being owner of a team and still uh, being a coach. Because, like I say, coaching is, is, is uh, something that keeps you up sometimes, 18 to 20 hours. Uh, certain things that you have to do and certain things that you have to go over. But being an owner, you just got to put the right people in place. And I think that uh, LeBron James would rather be an owner than a coach. All right, we're we going to take it um, to the youngsters of the NBA now. Um, which players, you know, that you, you discussed previously, you know, that you like Giannis. Uh, besides Giannis, which other player, you know, do you like that's coming up in the NBA now that's a youngster? Well, uh, like I said, you know, I discussed this with you. Giannis is a guy to me that uh, he's coachable. Uh, you can look at a player's attitude and like I said, you know, uh, and you know, like I said, if they get some, like I said before, if they get the right, <clears throat> excuse me, if they get the right people around Giannis and and they sit down and they would have certain people working with him. He, that young man is going to be real great. He's going to break a lot of, uh, he's going to break a lot of scoring. And he's going to do a lot of things to help the Milwaukee uh, Bucks if, if they decide they want to keep Giannis. Now, up, upcoming, you know, I see some ball players is upcoming uh, in the league that uh, is going to help certain teams. But like I said, uh, I don't really want to uh, call too many players out right now until the season really get, you know, halfway started. Because, like I say, teams now are still flip-flopping. They're still doing what they need to do. You say, this player going to be good, this player going to be better, you know, and stuff like this. I'm just going to sit back and just watch some of the players. I think it's going to be greater into the league, but I don't want to call their name right now, but I have seen uh, Giannis. I have seen him play, but like I said, I can call a few players, you know, out and say they upcoming, you know. But like I said, that you know, I'm just gonna wait on that for a while. I, um, Taco Fall, you know, the big tall guy. Do, do you think the Celtics should sign him after what yeah. happened in the summer league? 
I think that the Celtics need to uh, go and get them a big man uh, to uh, to help because uh, he's a he's a big guy now. He's seven six. Yeah, he's a seven six. But you know what? Uh, those kind of guys like that, if you get him for defense, more or less you're gonna be getting him for defense. And you know, like I say, a lot of those smart coaches and a lot of those smart players, they will continue on driving to the bucket so until they foul him out. So, like I said, that is be a, be a big pick and a good draft for Boston because Boston needs somebody to help them to protect that uh, uh, Miller and everything else. As long as you work with him and get the right people down there to help this young man, to show him the right way, you know, to try to keep himself. Like I said, it goes back to the coaches. If you know basketball, that some of those coaches don't know how to keep you out of foul trouble, but they know how to keep you in the ball game. So you could be there to win. All right. Um, just another question about Boston. You know, do you ever think Boston will ever live up to the legacy of the old school Boston Celtics? You know, that played back in the day. I don't think so. Uh, back in that day, like I said before, back in that day, Boston had two teams. To me, Boston had a bench. Then also, Boston had the starting five. The starting five that Boston had on the bench could start for a lot of other teams. There's a reason why. But now, the team that Boston have now, no, no, they, they, they like I said, they're getting better. They're younger. They're getting better. But they, they won't be the same team like they had back in the day. But they, they have a good team, a young team. But those teams back in those days. Like I said, those teams know how to win. Uh, they didn't have a lot of this, uh, uh, you might call, uh, misunderstanding, you know. Back in them days, like I said, they played ball. But now, you look at the, uh, these teams now, uh, they have uh, balling outs. Uh, they don't have the right understanding. Uh, when coaches don't do certain things, uh, uh, then they get upset with certain players because certain players doing things that they don't like. Other players want to take over the team. See, back in those days, like I said, all of them back in those days played ball. See, they was a team. So, like I said, like you was talking to me about Boston, and I said certain teams. Well, Boston, like I said, is not the same team now than they head back in the past. Well, all right. You know, that the conclusion for this episode, you know, hope you guys enjoy. And we out of here. Boom.